Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Guys, I'm really excited to have Krista here with us today. Here's the deal is that Krista and I met when we were in birthing class with our oldest and now our oldest are going to be seniors this year. And it's kind of weird and crazy that we've been friends that long. Um, and our, our journeys had nothing to do with adoption at all originally. And it's kind of a sweet thing that we have this relationship now where we can talk honestly and openly about the struggles and hardships of adoption. Um, Krista, She's in the Dallas area, but now she's in California. I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself and you just kind of give an overview of how your family came to be and all the people in it and where they line up and all of the things. Sure. Um, My husband and I have five kids. The oldest two are bio kids. They are 17 and 15. And then we have adopted the last three who are 14, five, and two. So um, we kind of just went into the the whole adoption thing to foster. We wanted to foster. We didn't have adoption really in the, in our sites, but uh, God worked it out and we ended up with our three and for better, or for worse, here we are. <laughs> um, I feel that way. Cause I feel like adoption is like that. It's like, you know what, better or worse. Cause it's not always the for better part. And I, I wanted you on today because I feel like your journey with your oldest adopted has been interesting and encouraging to watch just the authenticity that you've shared. And um, it's just been a struggle and how you've found resources and found support for him looks different than I think what we might've thought of on the other side of this journey would have looked like. And by that, I mean, like before we were in the adoption world and before we had kids in our home, Mm -hmm. we might've thought this is awful. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Right. Like, I feel like many might be judgmental. (laughs) Yeah. And at the same time, on this side of it, I'm like, oh, yes, 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 you need to be doing this. So can you kind of share your journey with him and what that's been like? What led you to all the things? Yeah. So um, he, we'll we'll call him H, was um, placed in our home at four years old. And he had been moved around quite a few times in the two years prior to his placement here. And we obviously went into it fairly naive thinking, you know, give it a few years and he'll just, everything will be just as if he was always here. Uh, we finalized his adoption about a year and a half later, and that went smoothly according to plan. Um, and growing up, he always had his challenges. He would always have, you know, more extreme outbursts or behavior kind of issues, but nothing that we couldn't manage while he was little. Um, he, you know, his, he had great teachers that worked with him. We, we had him diagnosed with ADHD and that really helped and medication really helped. And, um, for the most part, it was, things were good through his growing up years. Um, but when he hit about 13, his behavior started to escalate and it started just with little defiances, you know, not following through or telling us no, or getting out, getting angry kind of outbursts when he got upset and, at this point, he's basically our same size and he's a big kid and he got a little more aggressive with a puberty setting in and um, escalated to the point that he was dabbling in things we definitely did not want him dabbling in and 
running away uh, every day. We would tell him, you know, you know, we can't do this thing. And he would just take off with friends. We, we were out. We didn't have any options. We had no parenting that we could do because there was nothing that we could say that he would respect. There was no consequence. He would just leave. I mean, there was nothing. Um, so we finally kind of started calling a spade a spade and saying what we've got here is an abusive situation. This child is treating us in an abusive manner with his verbal assaults and, you know, name calling and all these things. We've got other kids in the home. So we started to really call it what it was, which was that this, this was dysfunctional and cannot continue and, and started seeking out some better support, which was really hard to find. I can't tell you how many people I met with that were like, yeah, 13 is a really hard age. And I would want to pull my hair out saying, no, you're not understanding. This is not 13. We've done 13. This is way, way harder. Um, and so through sort of, I, I guess, through the different people we found and eventually other people within the foster adoptive placement place, like um, families that we knew, we were able to sort of get some support in place for our family for the time being. So I don't know if you want me to go into all that or. <laughs> no, I would love for you to. Where where did you have these supports? Like, where are they from? We started, (laughs) we start, I started with, actually, I called our pediatrician and I I scheduled an appointment. I said, I want to schedule an appointment to talk to the pediatrician without the patient. And they were like, you want to do what? And I was like, I want to talk to the doctor without him. Um, And so she talked to me and I was able to candidly explain what was going on, you know, without him sitting right there. He knows he's part of it. Um, and so she gave us some references to, he started seeing psychiatry and another social worker that was ended up being really helpful. Um, and then through some friends that we have that have adopted, I finally reached out eventually and said, you know, we've got to look at another option. He cannot stay in this home right now. We have little kids. It's He's getting violent or um, destructive or you know, starting to engage with kids we're not into or behaviors that are really dangerous. And he's only 13. We might've been able to hang in there if he was 17 and pretty soon, you know, saying you got to go is an option, but he's only 13 years old. So we were able to um, use the county. We adopted through the county of Riverside and we were able to use the county resources to put him in an out-of-home placement temporarily um, where he is currently and, and will be for a little while, at least. We don't know how long yet. Um, but yeah, there was there was not a lot of people that understood the scope of what we were dealing with um, between his diagnoses and attachment disorder and just him. Um, it was kind of a perfect storm there for a while of chaos. Yeah. I I know that he has an ARND diagnosis. Um, Krista was the lovely person who told me about Dr. Kenneth Jones, the doctor I went to and just started bawling when he understood that my biggest fear was that my kid was going to prison and he didn't, he didn't shush me. He didn't tell me I was crazy. He said, yeah, that's a lot of people's fear. And I just lost it. Cause I was like, thank you. Cause you're the only person I've talked to in the professional world that's understood. So I, I owe all of it to Krista this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kenneth Jones, who I adore. Um, anyway, so I know he has that diagnosis. Are there other besides that one? And did you say he has reactive attachment disorder? 
He has attachment disorder. Um, it was told to us that it is on the reactive spectrum, but it's never oh. been officially diagnosed, but it, he, it's there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're constantly figuring out because they look very similar, the ARND behaviors and sometimes the reactive attachment, they're very similar. So it's constantly this concept of, okay, is this a candor or won't? Because some of this stuff is, is going to go over his head. He's going to struggle with it. And some of it is just defiance and utter zero respect, you know, for our home, our rules. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, he, they always want to say it's our fault if we would parent better, if we were this, whatever. That's at, at the end before he left. That was basically the truth because he was so set on setting himself apart from who we are, that anything we loved, anything we cared about, he automatically felt the opposite. And so everything was just very volatile. We couldn't ask him to do anything. We had no authority, no, no power because he'd just leave for all day or more than that. (laughs) Yeah. So was it, was it these diagnoses that allowed you to get services through the county? The county, um, they just, they have funds set aside for, for this kind of situation. Um, basically they change our adoption assistance amount to the amount that needs to go to this facility and they send it to the facility for the months that he's there. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was amazingly easy to access, which was great because I was at the end of my rope and I thought they're going to have to you know, make, have meetings and discuss it and approve it. It's going to take weeks. And this place I found had a spot, but no, they, they, they have the funds. If you do, you know, what they require, which is a letter um, from a licensed treating professional saying, yeah, this is the next best step. Um, they approved it and they check in every you know few months. We send them a little progress report and it's worked great. The The facility in Utah works with the County and, Everything's gone smoothly. So I'm super, super thankful that California has those resources. I know a lot of states do not. There was no way we could have ever paid for something like this out of our budget. Yeah. And most, most families can't. And that makes me super sad because I feel like there's a lot of people that are at the end of their rope and don't know what to do. And everyone just tells them they need to do a better job of disciplining and you want to punch them in the face. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's important that we acknowledge the hard and the, you can't be God, you can't change him, you can't control him, you like, that's just out of your scope and putting your family at risk and putting yourselves at risk. And just continuing to live in that abuse is not, it's okay that that's not an option. Yeah. And you it's know? okay to to accept that a 13 year old can be abusive to like, we don't think of it that way. but that's yeah. what it was. And, and we tried to explain that to him when, when we sent him is this behavior doesn't work in this relationship and it's not going to work in any other relationship that you're in. It's incredibly dangerous. And, you know, he doesn't understand that yet, but I'm hoping looking back, he will. Yeah. And at least your other, like your other kids will understand that too, that you wanted to protect them and like, you're looking out for the benefit of everyone. So I, I just appreciate you being honest and vulnerable about that. Cause I've talked to a lot of moms that they're like, is it possible that I feel abused by this? And they're, they feel even nervous about saying that out loud. And I'm like, no, it's, it is possible. It is that, that is what that's called. And I feel like we in the do- adoption community kind of want to steer away from that language 
in regards to us and we're supposed to suck it up and we're supposed to be the strong ones and we're supposed to do the attaching and we're supposed to do all these things and taking abuse just kind of falls in line with that and I think that it's really important that we speak up about that so I'm really grateful for you sharing and for being honest and vulnerable hey let's take a quick break mama I know that you are doing a great job but maybe there's something you've been neglecting like yourself or your marriage, the rest of your family or the systems in your home, or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced. And so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community that you take care of yourself, your marriage, and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable, and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. Do you find that people, when people ask about your family, and maybe you tell them where this child is, what kind of reactions do you get from people? Um, mostly positive. I haven't had anybody, you know, and I'll just tell strangers typically. So, (laughs) um, but the people that, you know, people from church that knew what we were going through understand. And really a lot of people have said, this is actually really like, this is the hard thing. This is loving. Yes. Basically. And, And you followed through, didn't make an empty threat. And, that's been really helpful to not hear like, well, how, how could you do that? You know, cause it's, we're, we did not send him away forever. We see him, we have therapy with him. The goal is of course for him to come home, but there has to be the right order of things as far as where his place in the family is. And um, we got to get there where we have a respect for authority and understand that you're, you are a child in this home. And that comes with, certain rules, certain responsibilities and certain privileges too. But, um, mostly it's been pretty positive. Um, people ask questions. Oh, actually the really interesting thing is I cannot tell you how many people I've mentioned it to that say they went somewhere like that, or their sibling went somewhere like that and it saved their life. I mean, and they're not adopted typically like the, you know, teen boot camp situations, but a lot of people had a family member or themselves. Um, and they go, yeah, it saved my life. My parents needed to do it. I was terrible. And looking back, they, are able to see that. And I had one dear friend say to me before we sent him, cause I said, you're going to have to continue to tell me this is the right thing because it feels like another removal that we're putting on him. You know, we already know he's been removed from so many homes and now we're saying you can't stay in this home. And even though it's not permanent, you know, he's still part of our family. He's coming back home. It felt very much like we were going to inflict the same trauma that got him here anyways. Um, and she said, you know, I was a mess when I was a teenager and I wish my parents had done something much more extreme because I struggled for years because I got into bad habits and got into bad, you know, things. And so she, I told her, you're going to have to keep telling me that because (laughs) 
that's what I want is to be able to save him from himself because he's got a lot of years before he's an adult to make some really life altering decisions. Yeah. Do you know, well, I'm sure you do know, can you share with us kind of what they're working on there? I make up that he's doing school and therapy and probably some sort of work or chores or something like that. Can you kind of give us a lowdown of what that looks like? Um, A lot of it is like family relationships. So we have family therapy with him um, and we're working on, you know, healthy communication so that he doesn't just run away when he doesn't like the answer or doesn't like the conversation. Um, Working on keeping his hands clean, not getting into trouble. He kind of likes the chaos. And so he likes to be a part of the action. So it started with him being a part of the action. And then he started sort of standing on the outskirts and like other kids would be involved in something. And he'd kind of make suggestions from the outside, like trying to not get in trouble, but he was not really. So now they're trying to encourage him. Like it can encourage others to do good things too, not just bad things. Um, so all of that relational stuff, um, they will, they are getting into some of that trauma and processing all that. His place is specifically for adopted youth. So they are very familiar with all of that and will deal specifically with some of that, which he doesn't believe he has any trauma. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't we all? I feel like that's our life. Let's deny it for as long as possible. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm grateful he's there and I'm grateful that y'all are healthy enough and strong enough to draw those boundaries. And it makes me feel very proud that you're my friend. So, <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm grateful that you came on today. Thank you. With us. Is there anything that you would want to say to anybody who's kind of in the same situation or contemplating this or feels like this is probably our next step? It, it is, was really surprising to me how, <laughs> What an emotional roller coaster it was. I was angry, so angry for months leading up to it. I mean, it was, you know, terrible. The the sound of his voice would make me stressed out because it was constantly escalating. And that's a terrible thing to feel for one of your children. But even so, then he would do something that would like seem, you know, very little boyish or make me see him in a different light. And then I'd feel so bad. Maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on him. Maybe I do just need to let him make all his own, like the things he'd ask for, you know, just let me live my life and everything will be fine. And then I'd say to myself, maybe I should just let him live his life. And I'd have to tell myself, no, he is 13. You know, better than that. Cause that was, it was like this mental, mental mind game really. Um, and even when he left it, it was weeks of just stress I didn't know existed. Um, I was breaking out in hives. I was, you know, voices got raised. I would get really tense. And it, they weren't even raised in anger. I had a hard time talking to him for a little while. And he didn't do anything. I mean, he did things, but it wasn't like super violent. There was nothing like hugely horrifically traumatic. It was just a constant stressor of argument of the argumentativeness, I think was, was a big piece of it, but it was surprisingly emotional to go through with it. And I really expected like at, at points it was like, they could take him right now and it's totally fine. And then the next point I'd be like, Oh, I feel so bad. And I'd be in tears because he trusts us and we're going to pull the rug out from under him. And we didn't feel like we could get him um, there safely because we didn't know how he would react when we told him. We didn't know if he would disappear and then we wouldn't find 
him and we didn't know if he would get violent in the car. So we didn't want to drive him without, you know, talking to him ahead of time. So we had to use an intervention team, which was probably the most traumatic way to do it. But we, we had, we had to get him there and they were great. They were fantastic. Um, and the facility has been fantastic, but it, it was more, more emotional than I expected it to be. <laughs> I think given how much stress we had lived under for so long, but it's, it's been a great place for him. Uh, it's not a Christian facility because um, county money can't go towards that. So we're trying to fix some of these other big things, even though we know he needs Jesus most of all. Um, he was not in a place to talk about any of that stuff before. So he's he wants to come home and he has been showing some connection to the family, which is good. Um, so it's up to him to do the work at this point. Yeah. Are you guys doing therapy apart from him? Is that a part of it or is it? Some of us are. are. I have intermittently. Um, Therapy is expensive, man. (laughs) So expensive. Um, So I have intermittently and I, in fact, just told Chad, there's been some things coming up that I think I need to at least have this lady to like vent to a little bit. Um, And then one of our children is also seeking, seeing a therapist because there's been some residual bitterness and just a lot of trauma emotionally. So um, yeah, we're doing that. And then the little ones are not, and my husband has, but he, he's been so even keeled this whole time. It just, it doesn't even phase him in the same way. It's he, H would go on these long rants and call names and say all kinds of terrible, hateful things. And then I'd be stewing, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, still so angry. And I go, did you hear when he said this? Did you hear when he said that? Da, 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 da. My husband would go, no, I don't listen to anything he says. I don't listen to anything he says. It just rolls off my back. <laughs> I'm like, well, how can that be? How can you not hear everything? <laughs> so it was, it was a point of contention at, at some points where I said, you're always so calm and I need you to also be angry because this is really, really hard. It's a big deal. Uh, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we, but for us, it came down to when we started to see the little two affected by his behavior. In fact, our five-year-old who wasn't five then started only yipping like a dog at him when things would get kind of tense. And so we were like, okay, this is clearly affecting him. We don't want him raised in this environment. That's why he's not in his birth home. So, yeah. I'm really grateful for you. I think I've said that like 15 times, but I'm really grateful for generosity and encouragement to other, other families out there that maybe feel like they're all alone in a very similar way. So thank you. Yeah. I'm very grateful for you. You're amazing. I tell people all the time, my amazing friend, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) That's very sweet. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.